0: Cesare Borges, head of the mighty Industrial Military Combines Corporation, sat in his office reading a fascinating article called Prayer, A Guide to Investment? The office intercom buzzed. What? Professor Feldman to see you, sir. Who? A Professor Feldman, sir? Oh, yeah? Uh, Yes, sir. He says he has the results of the preliminary development work on... There was some talking Cesare didn't catch. On the Alternative Resources Project? The what? The Alternative Resources Project, sir. It was set up last year, it seems. The professor has been waiting for some time, sir. I'll see him later, Cesare said, clicking the intercom off and going back to the Reader's Digest. Hell, I don't know what it is. I think it fell off an SST. The patrolman rubbed his chin. The other cop was poking a stick at the bundle lying across the old tractor. The thing was about three meters long and one in diameter, and whatever it was, its colors kept shifting and changing, and whenever anything touched it, it got hot. The tip of the stick smoked. Who should we tell about this anyway? said the cop with a stick. He wanted to have this cleared up as quickly as possible and get away from the smell of pigs coming from the barn across the yard. I guess the FAA, said the other. Or maybe the Air Force, I don't know. He took off his cap and fiddled with the badge, breathing on it and polishing it on his sleeve. Well, I'm claiming compensation whoever it belongs to, Bruce said, as they went back to the house. That's a lot of damage that thing's done. That'll cost a few bucks to set right. That tractor was nearly new, you know. I'm telling you, nowhere's safe now with those SSTs. Hmm, uh-huh. Hey, Bruce said, stopping and looking at the two cops with a worried expression on his face. Do you know of Liberia Register's SSTs? Professor Feldman sat in the outer outer office in Cesare's suite at the top of the IMCC building in Manhattan, and looked through the abstract of his report for about the eightieth time. The secretary, a clean-cut young man with an IBM 9000 desk terminal and an M23 submachine gun, had shrugged his shoulders sympathetically after he had at last been persuaded to call through to Cesare's office. The professor said he would just have to wait, and went back to his seat. There were seven other people waiting to see Cesare apart from himself. Two of them were Air Force generals, and one was the foreign minister of an important developing country. They all looked nervous without their aides, who were kept in the outer, outer, outer office to avoid crowding. According to the others, they had been waiting there, seven or eight hours each day, five days a week, for at least the last three weeks. This was the Professor's first day. The factory ship moved through space in one of the dust-rich arms of the main galaxy. Its net fields like great invisible limbs stretched before it, gathering its harvest like a trawl, and funneling the ensnared material into the first stage transmuters. In the mess of the third cleanup squad, things were going badly, for Matriopol Trasna Gatherstole Ken Thick Issel, junior. He had almost completed a full circuit of the room without touching the floor, when a collapsible chair collapsed beneath him, and now he had to go back to the start and begin all over again with one paw tied behind his back. The other members of the squad were making bets on where he would fall and screaming insults. 7833 Matriopol and mates to briefing room 14, blared the messroom speaker. Normally, Matriopol would have welcomed this interruption, but he was on top of the speaker trying to grab hold of a light fixture at the time, and the shock of the speaker suddenly bursting into life beneath him made him lose his grip, and he thumped down onto the floor to the accompaniment of hoots and laughter. Bastards, he said. Come on, Matty chuckled his mates, Oney and Tuie. their tiny, dexterous hands quickly untying his arm and dusting him down. They straightened his clothes and bustled out in front of him as Matriopol paid what he owed to the others in the squad and then left for the briefing room. The Air Force didn't know what it was either, but it wasn't anything of theirs, they were sure of that. They certainly weren't going to be paying any compensation, but they decided to take the thing just to see what it was. The Air Force came in a big truck that didn't quite make the turn off the road onto the farm track and knocked down a metre or two of fencing. Bruce said he'd sue. They took the bundle away, wrapped in asbestos. At the Merkensville Air Base, they tried to find out what the object was, but apart from deducing that, from the way it felt, there was something inside the oddly coloured outer covering, which now appeared like Mother of Pearl, they didn't make a great deal of progress.